hey, um, this is only yesterday. Been recording this whole time. So this is great. I love it. What's up? I'm Tony. Who am I? The, the, yo, it's Adam. And we've also got a very ultra special guest. Who is our guest today? Ma'am, who, who are you? My name is Mama Lou. Mama Lou. Miss Lou. Miss Yolanda. Tony's mom. But unless you're my age, the miss in front of any name you call me is imperative. Mandatory. Hmm. Love you, too. Yo, love you, mom. Yo, so today's topic is going to be something that, you know, a lot of people, again, can relate to, just like our other one on shame and our most recent one. If you haven't heard it yet, you're about to. Um, today, we're discussing living with insomnia. Um, and it's pretty, like I said, you know, it's one a topic that a lot of people have, you know, experienced, have gone through um, and struggle with today on many different levels. So let's uh, get the sources right out the way. Um, up top, we've got the Diagnostic and Statistical Manual, DSM-5, from the American, Psych- Psychiatric and so- blah, blah, blah. American Psychiatric Association. We've got Inconsistent Effects of Sleep Deprivation on Memory Function by Salar, v- Salar Vesegi et al. and co. Again, this is a podcast, but it's not an academic journal. You know what I'm saying? Um, we've got Management of Chronic Insomnia Disorder in Adults, a Clinical Practice Guideline from the American College of Physicians by Amir Kasim et al. Um, again, and co. and a bunch of other people. So real quick, um, <laughs> what is um, insomnia? You're asking insomnia, me? Oh, I was going to say insomnia for me. Mm-hmm has honestly been the bane of my existence for many years because it is, it all boils down to sleep deprivation for me, regardless of the reason why can't sleep, you know, Mm -hmm. nightmare disorder, which I also have, but not being able to sleep for extended periods of time. So we're talking for me, we're talking about days on mm-hmm. end. Right, right. And so no sleep. I, yes, ma'am. I'm sorry to hear that. Um, but you raised a very good point, um, sleep deprivation. And so it's worth noting that in the past decade, important changes in classifications and the diagnostic paradigms have moved insomnia from a purely symptom-based conceptualization, i.e., insomnia being the symptom of something, like because something's going on, I can't sleep, to recognizing that insomnia is a disorder in its own right. So mm-hmm. everyone has had sleepless nights, right, where sleep seems unreachable or for some reason or another, you know, you just can't get to sleep, you can't get comfortable, you know, maybe just all the noise or people keeping you up at night, you know, thoughts or anxieties about the next day's events. And it usually passes within a day or two, you know, when you take a nap you or the following day, you know, you, you, you catch up on your sleep. Um, so the difference is though, insomnia is a a chronic, like you said, is a chronic inability to fall asleep or remain asleep for an adequate length of time. Um, the DSM-5 states that in order to reach this diagnosis, all six criteria need to be met, some of which include the sleep disturbance causing a significant distress or impairment in functioning, such as within individuals working or in personal life, um, behaviorally or emotionally, difficulty sleeping at least three times a week, and is persistent for at least three months. 
Um, the problem can now be attributed to substance use or medication, and the, the problem occurs despite ample opportunity to sleep. So as I see you shaking your head, so you, it seems like you got some, uh, some example. Yes, ma'am. Yeah. You don't want, or was it, is it lunch is just delicious right now? No, <laughs> what I was going to say from somebody who has insomnia and has had it for many years, I think the one thing that the insomniac hates the worst, other than not being able to sleep, is say if you've been up for two days or three days without any sleep, and you're like, okay, I'm going to go to sleep, and you go to sleep for that long. You go to sleep for three minutes. That's enough to regenerate your system so that you don't fall asleep again for another day or two. Yeah. That's a true story from, from my mouth to your ears that has happened where I'm sitting down, I'm comfortable. I'm like so exhausted. I want nothing else but sleep. And I relax for just a second, fall asleep for a couple of minutes, three, maybe five minutes. Bam. Eyes fly open again. Mm. Yeah, and I'm good for a whole another 24 to 36 hours. Yo, that's terrible. Yeah, it is. Wow, wow, wow. So, <clears throat> what about you, Adam? Have you ever had nights where you're just like crazy? Like, have you ever experienced some sort of insomnia? Yes, I had like, I don't know. I started gaining weight. And so I developed like insomnia because I had um, like, what do they call it? Sleep apnea, you know, where your air was blocked. Yeah. Five years. So I uh, would sleep like three hours at a time at best, but I would always wake up like way too early or not be able to sleep at all some nights, you know. And uh, so I had to get a CPAP sleeping mask. And then now I sleep okay, but I still wake up early. Mm. Still wake up early. So, I mean, do you feel rested after you get that sleep or is it just kind of like... Most days, yeah. Most days, yes. Okay, well, that's pretty good. Yeah, well, I'm glad that you at least get some sleep. Um, I need to... A lot of it does boil down to not just being asleep, like what Adam was just talking about, but it's the quality of sleep that you get that determines whether or not you're rested. Because if you're asleep but you haven't reached that REM sleep yet mm-hmm. you're not going to be you might as well not even be asleep so I get what he's saying about it because my insomnia started we're going to say for all intents and purposes PTSD that's what we're going to call it mm-hmm. that's where my insomnia started and then I developed a nightmare disorder because of the PTSD. Now with therapy, I'm working through said the um, PTSD. Um, but I found that by trying various medications that they were prescribing me to stop the nightmares, mm-hmm. I didn't want to sleep because of the nightmares. So Ooh. it really is a vicious circle. And it really, the quality of sleep that you get a lot of things play into that. There are a lot of variables 
So if you're not getting the quality sleep, like Adam had mentioned, yeah, you're going to be tired, heck of tired. Anyways. Going to be all sorts of tired. And right. so I'm actually, <clears throat> I'm glad you mentioned that because that's a, it's a nice little segue into our next uh, our next subject here. Um, so how exactly does one obtain insomnia? So there is no one single cause of insomnia disorder. Um, however, many factors may contribute to its onset, including immense stress and anxiety, oh, yeah. trauma, um, other sleep disorders like sleep apnea, um, other medical conditions like chronic, chronic, chronic pain, like chronic pain, uh, nasal allergies, arthritis, and thyroid disorders, which may cause discomfort and make it difficult to stay and get sleep, like stay asleep or get to sleep. Yep. So, Mom, when did you first notice your insomnia? When it was like the first night, you were like, yo, something just didn't feel right about that night. Or was it just kind of like, uh, last couple of days, you know, just haven't really been able to get to sleep. Like, what was it like for you? Um, I think when I realized that something was not right was... Do you remember I mentioned the whole thing started with that PTSD that happened so many years ago? Mm-hmm. And then as I was trying to deal with the newness of that situation, then I noticed when I could on those nights that I wasn't crying and I was actually able to go to sleep, I was having nightmares about that same trauma and it got to be a thing where I couldn't sleep because of the trauma that the trauma was just all consuming. And so it, I don't know if I'm necessarily the person to say, well, Hey, when did this start for you? But I realized even, even as I was learning to work through the trauma, the sleep was still evasive. Hmm. It was still evasive. So no matter what I did, I couldn't sleep. Um, I just couldn't sleep. And then the nightmares with the nightmares, actually it was the trauma, then the nightmares, and then the insomnia started as a result of the nightmares. And it's like my body's it was like my body's defense mechanism kicked in mm-hmm. to take me off of that roller coaster because you can't have nightmares if you don't sleep, right? Yeah. So that's there a, you go. Yeah, that's and a, that's when I really realized this is like a whole situation. Um and I, and I realized as I was not able to sleep, I, I was okay with it because I didn't want to have those types of nightmares. So, mm-hmm. or nightmares, I'm sure for anybody else, just nightmares, period. Right, right. But yeah. Okay. Well, I mean, thank you. I appreciate that. And I'm sure the listeners appreciate that as well. Um, because, you know, like you said, not not everyone has the exact same type of nightmares that you did. I mean, you didn't say right. that per se, but I'm just I'm paraphrasing yeah. a little bit. Everybody's nightmare, everybody's 
nightmares consist of whatever their reality is or is not. You know what I mean? So, mm. okay. it, so I guess like in, I could say insomnia, like depression looks different on everybody or symptoms of depression look different on everybody. Mm. I think it could be said true with insomnia it's not just about not going to sleep or staying asleep or not being able to get to sleep. I think it, it kind of looks different. If I could dare to say, I've not done any research, but just the couple of people I have talked to that suffer from nightmare disorders or insomnia, it's, it varies from person to person or situation to situation. Do you know what I mean? Yes, ma'am. Oh, yeah. I'm, yeah, you're you're right, and I'm actually I'm glad you said that as well because it's a wonderful se- see. This is perfect, yo. We got the perfect well, guest just segueing perfect into reminding it. you of things that you wanted to talk well, about. I mean, it's almost like it's almost like you were you know meant to be on this episode. Um, I know, right? And so next, I want to discuss uh, the psychological and physiological effects and comorbidity. So, long and story. Co-what? I'm Co-morb- sorry. Uh, basically, the mental effects, how it affects one's brain, as well as um, it being connected with other diseases or different uh, disorders. Like you mentioned depression. Oh, okay. And so okay. how perhaps the insomnia can influence the depression and the depression can also influence the insomnia, right? I just, you were lagging, so I didn't hear what the terminology was that you were using. Okay. Oh, yeah. yeah. It's called comorbid. Okay. Yeah. I still wouldn't have known it even if I had heard it. <laughs> <laughs> it's okay. Um, so there's many different uh, there's many different aspects that are comorbid with insomnia, right? So we have irritability. You know, don't get a lot of sleep. People get really upset or easily irritated. Um, depression again. Uh, anxiety is also <laughs> connected with uh, bipolar disorder. Um, yep diabetes coronary heart disease memory yep. now when it comes to memory it's a little um well, well, well we'll discuss that here in a second so adam i remember off air my man was saying that you know we should also mention you know schizophrenia and how that also um influences insomnia or at the very least is you know connected to it so you want to touch on that a bit so uh i think we were talking about how insomnia is involved with most uh like most of the major disorders, like bipolar disorder, especially, mm-hmm. um, it can be with anxiety and depression. Um, also schizophrenia. Sometimes they'll go, you know, whatever without sleeping, you know? Um, but it's a big thing in bipolar disorders. One of the main like mania is like not, not sleeping. That's you know? true. That's key markers of mania is, inability to sleep and then so. that's true. I, I that didn't makes sense that. actually you know you're you're on here adam with two very or should i say i'm on there with you guys but that's one thing that my son tony and i share is we're both very logical in our thought process so if since i could see tony on the camera i saw that he and i had the both aha moment we both had the same aha moment around the same time like oh yeah i could see how that's a thing like 
I mean, especially when somebody's bipolar and you're talking about they're having manic episodes, like a lack of sleep will definitely contribute to those manic episodes being much more extreme than had the person had an adequate amount of sleep. Is that what you're saying? Yeah. That's okay. One of the qualifiers, I think. Right, right. Yeah. Okay. That was great. I never knew. Yeah, see, the more you know. And here's something else that you never knew. And honestly, as I was doing this research, I I was um, reading through this article regarding memory and uh, insomnia mm. and was pleasantly surprised with what I read. Um, so there's um, so here we go. Studies have been done to show that there is evidence that sleep deprivation does impair many different types of memory for rats. Right. Mm. However, the research is inconsistent. As splenectomized, so rats who have had their spleens removed, um, those rats seem to have their spatial memory improve following sleep deprivation. One of the inconsistent findings in related studies is different impacts of sleep deprivation, deprivation on cognitive capability and expression of neurochemicals in various regions of the brain. So, meaning that in some people, in some um, some rats, be it two-legged or four-legged, is that what you're right. trying to say? <laughs> sure, sure. <laughs> perfect. That works. Um, okay, sorry, sorry. Uh, no, you're good. So, I mean, under many different types of conditions, right, um, the effects of insomnia are inconsistent, right? Because it shows that, you know, logic says that if we don't get sleep, we're going to be, you know, we're going to be tired, we're going to be less, uh, we're going to be more impulsive or perhaps less impulsive or we're going to it's going to affect our decision-making, right? Regardless, either for better or for worse. Friendly. Right. And so I just, I thought that was, that was interesting because um, it also says, it talks about the effect of uh, sleep deprivation on cognitive capability. And so, I don't know. I, I just, I think it's fascinating. Um, an expression of some neurochemicals in various, so like if one neurochemical is not where it's supposed to be, right? Like if that neurochemical is in a different space, like, well, because they all play off of each other, just like with what Adam was saying, one thing frequently plays off of something else. So it would make sense that it would be the same thing with your neurology, your neurology system. Is that what I'm trying to say? Uh, yeah, close enough. Like your, your neurochemicals. <laughs> your... <laughs> right, <laughs> yeah. right. right. Yeah, because it's the same thing with your central nervous system, like certain medications you take, you can take them. But then when you introduce outside like a glass of wine, it mm -hmm. switches everything up because one thing plays off of another, almost like dominoes, almost yes, like lining up dominoes. And if you take out a domino and knock them all down, they're going to fall differently than if you had left that domino in there. Does that make sense what I'm saying there? Mm hmm. No. Most okay. Quick question for you, mom. Um, how do you manage your insomnia? Um, the only way I am successfully able to manage my insomnia is with the use of melatonin and uh, three, five milligrams. None of that works. I need the whole 10 milligrams because on the nights, like say if I have a glass of wine or two or whatever, and I'm like, okay, I'm not taking any my because shouldn't be mixing up some medications with alcohol. So I will not take my medication, including the melatonin, 
and I stay awake all night. So any night that I do not take the melatonin, I'm awake until I take it. I don't still have the nightmare disorder. I mean, it's still an issue, but not anything like it was initially. Um, And the trauma, I'm dealing with that trauma. So that's not really a thing. But honestly, for me, I think the other thing is some of my like antidepressants and mood stabilizers, they all attribute like dizziness and sleepiness. So I take them at bedtime. But even if I take those without the melatonin, it's not going to happen. Okay. So you use um, melatonin in conjunction with some pharmaceutical stuff sometimes if the melatonin well, ain't hitting. When necessary. Well, right, right. No, no, let's just be honest. Without the, medic- without the melatonin, Mm-hmm. No matter what other medications I've been taking, they're not going to make me sleepy. They might put out the next person like a horse, but over the years, my body has built up a little bit of an immunity to them. So I could get up and drive my car and it wouldn't be a thing. Mm-hmm. But without the melatonin, I don't care what I could take NyQuil because I'm not feeling good. I'm not going to go to sleep. It is only with the use of the melatonin that I'm able to get some relief and sleep. I'm glad you said that as well, because to my understanding, melatonin is also a naturally occurring, naturally occurring chemical in the brain. So it's not as, yeah. So that's good. Um, So I'm glad, again, I'm glad to have you here. Um, So, so what can we do? Uh, we can use, I was actually talking to you about this earlier, um, using cognitive behavioral therapy with insomnia, right? Yep. So moderate quality evidence shows that CBT with insomnia, uh, improved remission, treatment response, sleep onset latency, wake after sleep onset, sleep efficiency, and sleep quality in the general population. So basically, people were able to sleep better, sleep quicker, and get more quality sleep with, you know, again, moderate quality evidence has shows that CBT has helped. Are you saying CBD as in no, CBD? No, I mean CBT as in cognitive behavioral therapy. Oh, 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 oh. okay. Yes. So cognitive behavioral okay. therapy with the specialization in insomnia has been has has a moderate quality evidence shown that it improves remission treatment response sleep so again um however maybe if i ever wanted to stop taking the melatonin i could maybe look into the cbd as a an alternative cbt we actually i remember okay i remember talking to you i think it was two days ago um i was outside we were sitting on the swing and you were talking about like oh maybe i can talk to my therapist about what is that thing you were talking about cbt and you were talking about how our um your daughter my sister has you know has some things that she's struggling with and can also benefit from utilizing cognitive behavioral therapy how your thoughts thoughts influence your feelings and how your feelings influence your behaviors exactly right yeah. So, however, um, real quick, it, it must be mentioned that um, it's not clear that one type of therapy method is better than the other. So, like in-person therapy or group therapy or phone-based therapy, it's not clear that you know which one is better than the other in helping the remission of insomnia. So, right. This gets back to the 
depression looks different on everybody or mm-hmm. the symptoms or the symptoms of insomnia looks different on anybody on everybody. So it stands to reason that any one specific type of treatment, be it medications or therapy, it's, it's, it's not like a one size fits all kind of thing. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. Um, and so for older adults, moderate quality evidence shows that CBT, again, cognitive behavioral therapy with a specialization in insomnia, improved the questionnaire index score. So basically the people having surveys, right, saying, how do you feel? How is your insomnia made you feel type of thing? Along with a strong recommendation that all adult patients receive CBT for insomnia as the initial treatment for chronic insomnia disorder, the American College of Physicians recommend that clinicians use a shared decision-making approach, including discussions. So now we're talking about um, the pharmaceutical approach, right? Um, Evidence was insufficient to determine the benefits of a pharmacological intervention with benzodiazepines and in the general population or in older adults. So essentially just using um, pharmacological approach, right? Just using big pharma, just using these drugs to address insomnia, that within itself doesn't have strong evidence to support that it's an effective method. Um, so utilizing again, like you're saying, like perhaps some melatonin, again, discussing with your therapist, are you able to, right. you know, have some cognitive behavioral therapy sessions surrounding insomnia and how one can, you know, address that. You know, honestly, Tony, on that, there's a lot of things that have been proven to work with helping people to control their insomnia. Things mm-hmm. like aromatherapy, um, lavender oils. There's like a lavender linen spray that you can pray, spray it on your pillows in your bedding. Um, hot baths. I don't know about the warm milk thing, but yeah, I've heard that's a thing too. But I'm saying like jazz, you know, I like jazz. So just imagine take a nice hot bath, kind of relax, wind down, listen to some jazz, light some aromatherapy in the room, and then lay down and listen to that could potentially work. Because my thing is now that it's no longer the trauma that's causing the insomnia, it is essentially the shutting off my brain because my brain cycles through all the things I need to remember to do. I can't forget. Don't make sure you do this. Schedule that appointment. That's another thing that contributes to insomnia. And I'm sure it's not just me. I'm sure there's a lot of, because that's what our brains naturally do is it filters through all the things that are important that you need to get done. And if you don't have a checklist that you've made or you don't write it down, you keep thinking about it and thinking about it. So you, when you do wake up, you don't forget, but yeah. So for me, the big thing is kind of shutting off my brain. So sometimes I will take a hot bath and, you know, put some, you know, um, essential oils in my diffuser and, you know, turn on the soft light. Yeah. That kind of thing. Yes, ma'am. And I I think that's a good idea too. And so, um, I had, uh, I walked past this part real quick. Um, and so, um, (laughs) right. This is just educational. Yeah. We're not, we're not like medical physicians. 
we are not in the field of clinically diagnosing someone that we see on the streets, nor are we in the field of giving you accurate diagnoses from a podcast. You should get that from your doctor. So if you're podcast, yeah. So if you're looking for this uh, podcast to give you diagnoses and all that, nope. We're just giving you a bit of information, or even treatment options, because right. you can't you even prescribe doctor. treatments for people. Right, and so um, you are not our clients. You are not our clients. You are our listeners. Um, <laughs> so I was saying the uh, the American College of Physicians uh, recommended that clinicians use a shared decision making approach, including um, a decision or discussion about the benefits, the harms, and the costs of short-term use and long-term use of medications to decide whether or not to add pharmacological therapy with adults in insom- for adults with insomnia um, when CBT alone was not enough. Okay. Sorry, that was a freaking mouthful, but it's true. Um, so when we discuss using these, um, these pill methods or pharmacological, whatever, these types of methods, um, it's important to know that there are some health effects that are associated with them. There are side effects. And so to do that long-term or even short-term for that matter, I agree. I feel it needs considerable, you know, discussion and consideration. Um, and so I wanted to, you know, let, let Adam see if he's got any, any questions, any last minute, a Tony's mom, real quick. Hey, how you? What, what, what you? What you thinking? What you? What you feeling? What you doing? Type of thing. So here we go. So it's been great having you on the show. Um, you mentioned nightmare disorder. Can you kind of go back to that a little bit and just kind of what that is for you personally? Okay. So the trauma that happened in our family had also happened to me as a child, and I did not remember remember about a couple of different instances of the exact same trauma by people I trusted. And so when the first incident of trauma presented itself, my mind released the memory of the childhood traumas. And so when I could get to sleep, when I when I was able to sleep, it was months before it came around, but when I could go to sleep, I was having a recurring nightmare about the same trauma happening in our family versus happening to me as a child. And they interchanged so badly that they became the same nightmare. And every nightmare that I have had since then like nightmare night, not, not just like a bad dream, but any real nightmares that I've had have entailed those incidents as, as, or those incidents as what I was dreaming about when I sleep. And for me, that was a nightmare. The incident in itself was a nightmare all the way around. But then when you go integrate the childhood trauma and the adult trauma, it becomes a whole, a whole thing. But I mean, that's, I guess, a a short and sweet answer that I can give you for that one. Wow. Thank you. Thank you for sharing that. That's, you're welcome. 
That's, that's Honestly, I hope that this can help other people, like other people that are, you know, ha- having insomnia for any one of the reasons that I've mentioned why I have it or reasons of their own or reasons that you've mentioned. I was explaining to Tony during the break that something you touched on was the sleep apnea. I too have a sleep apnea machine. So I, I was able to relate to what happens when you don't get the, like the for real REM sleep. Like I know you can maybe sleep for six hours or eight hours, but if you don't, if you're not, it's not always a restful sleep and you can feel it the next day as you're walking, you can feel it. And I know you, by your nodding your head, I know you know what I'm talking about. So yeah, I just hope this helps other people that have insomnia to don't try to fight it on your own. Don't self-medicate. Don't drink a bunch or do it. Like save yourself the headache. Talk to your primary care. Let them know you've got an issue with not being able to get to sleep or stay asleep. And then you and your doctor or doctors, whatever the case may be, you guys come up with a plan that's going to be custom fit for you specifically with your doctors because, yeah, what works for me and my my issue is not going to work for Adam and his or Tony's lack of sleep or, you know, it's just, yeah, you need a personalized plan first by talking to your primary care physician and then going from there with your medical professionals to come up with a plan that could hopefully work in getting you a good night's sleep again. That's my closing thought. That's solid. (laughs) I like that word solid. That's good. So I just want to mention real quick, if you or anybody you know are struggling with any of these issues that we mentioned before, please seek help. Please reach out. Please be there for one another. This world is wild. This world is crazy. Um, and uh yo, we can yeah we we trying though but we out here we try to maintain trying to hold it down so um thank you all for listening we'll catch you on the next episode peace please don't come for me no but this is actually fun it's informative because i've already learned a couple of things that i didn't know or things that i hadn't thought about